Chapter 67 of The Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslaw Proust. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter 67. From the death of Ramesses Thirteenth till the day of his burial, the state was governed by the most worthy San Amen Herhor as high priest of the Theban Amon and viceroy of the late pharaoh. The government of the viceroy, lasting some months, was very prosperous for Egypt. Herhor pacified the outbreaks of the people, and, in accordance with former times, he gave the seventh day for rest to the working man. He introduced stern discipline among the priests. He extended protection to foreigners, especially Phoenicians, and concluded a treaty with Assyria, not yielding Phoenicia, however, which remained tributary to Egypt. In the course of this short government, justice was meted out quickly, but without cruelty, and this or that man did not dare to beat an Egyptian laborer, who had the right to appeal to a court if he had time sufficient and witnesses. Herhor occupied himself, too, in paying the debts which weighed on the lands of the state and the pharaoh. With this object he persuaded the Phoenicians to resign a certain part of the sums due them from the treasury, and to cover the rest, he drew from the labyrinth the enormous sum of thirty thousand talents. Thanks to these measures, in the course of three months, peace and prosperity were established in Egypt. May the rule of the viceroy, San Amen Herhor, be blessed, said the people. Indeed, the gods predestined him to power, so as to free Egypt from misfortunes brought on by Ramesses Thirteenth, who was a woman-hunter and frivolous. A few days sufficed the people to forget that all her horse acts were merely the accomplishment of plans made by the young and lofty-minded pharaoh. In the month Toby, when the mummy of Ramesses Thirteenth was placed in its tomb, a great assembly of the most important personages met in the temple of Amon. There were present almost all the high priests, nomarchs, and generals of troops, and among them, covered with glory, was the gray-haired chief of the eastern army, Nidagur. In this same gigantic hall of columns, where half a year earlier the priests had judged Ramesses Twelfth and shown dislike for Ramesses Thirteenth, those dignitaries assembled to settle the most important question of state, under the presidency of Herhor. On the 25th of Tobi, exactly at noon, Herhor, in the mitre of Amenhotep, sat on the throne. Others sat in armchairs, and the council took place. It was of wonderfully short duration, just as if the result had been arranged previously. High priests, nomarchs, and leaders, began Herhor, we have assembled here on sad and important business. With the death of the eternally living Ramesses Thirteenth, whose short and stormy reign ended in a manner so unfortunate, here Herhor sighed, with Ramesses Thirteenth perished not only a pharaoh, but the twentieth dynasty, which was full of glory. Among those present rose a murmur. The dynasty has not ended, interrupted the powerful nomarch of Memphis, almost harshly. The worthy Queen Nicotris is still living. Therefore the throne belongs to her. After a time Herhor answered, My most worthy consort, Queen Nicotris. Now in the assembly was heard not a murmur but a cry, and it lasted a number of minutes. When it ceased Herhor continued calmly and with emphasis, my most worthy consort, Queen Nicotris, inconsolable through sorrow for her son, has abdicated the throne. Permit, exclaimed the nomarch of Memphis, 
The most worthy viceroy has called the queen his consort. This intelligence is entirely new, and first of all it must be verified. At a sign from Herhor, the judge of Thebes drew out an act, concluded two days before, between the most worthy high priest of Amon, San Amen Herhor, and Queen Nicotris, widow of Rameses Twelfth and mother of Rameses Thirteenth. After this explanation came a grave-like silence. Herhor began again. Since my consort, who is the only heir to the throne, has abdicated, the reign of the twentieth dynasty is ended, and we must choose a new sovereign. This sovereign, continued Herhor, should be a man of ripe years, energetic, and skilled in government. For this reason I advise you to choose for the highest position. Herhor, cried someone. The most famous Nitager, the leader of the Eastern Army, finished Herhor. Nitager sat a long time with closed eyes smiling. At last he rose and said, Never will there be a lack of men eager for the title of Pharaoh. We have more of them, perhaps, than are needed. Luckily, the gods themselves, in setting aside useless rivals, have indicated a man most worthy of power, and it seems to me that I shall act wisely if, instead of receiving the crown offered me graciously, I answer, May he live through eternity, his holiness, San Amen Herhor, the first pharaoh of a new dynasty. Those present, with few exceptions, repeated the shout, and at the same time the supreme judge brought on a golden tray two caps, the white one of Upper and the red one of Lower Egypt. One of these was taken by the high priest of Osiris, the other by the high priest of Horns, and they delivered them to Herhor, who, when he had kissed the golden serpent, put them both on his head. Then those present began the ceremony of offering homage, which lasted a couple of hours. After that a proper act was written. Those who took part in the election placed their seals on it, and from that moment San Amen Herhor was the real pharaoh, the lord of both worlds, also of the life and death of his subjects. Toward evening his holiness returned wearied to his chambers of a high priest, where he found Pentuer, who had grown thin, and on whose emaciated face weariness and sadness were evident. When Pentuer prostrated himself, the pharaoh raised him, and said with a smile, Thou didst not sign my election, thou didst not give me homage, and I fear that I shall have to arrest thee some time in the temple of Ta. Well, hast thou been thinking to leave me? Dost prefer many's? Forgive, holiness, answered the priest, but court life has so wearied me that my only desire is to learn wisdom. Thou canst not forget Rameses, inquired Herhor, and yet thou knewest him only a very short time, while thou hast labored with me during years. Blame me not, holiness, but Rameses Thirteenth was the first pharaoh to commiserate the Egyptian people. Herhor smiled. O oh, ye learned men, said he, shaking his head, but it was thou who didst turn the attention of Rameses to the people. And now thou bearest mourning for him in thy heart, though he did nothing whatever for the people. It was thou who commiserated, not he. Ye are strange men, in spite of your powerful minds, continued Herhor. It is the same thing with Menes. That priest considers that he is the most peaceful man in Egypt, though it was he who overturned the dynasty and smoothed the road to power for me. Were it not for his letter about the eclipse of the sun, on the twentieth of Paofi, perhaps I and the late Mephres would be splitting stones now in the quarries. 
Well, go. Go and greet Menes for me. Remember also that I know how to be thankful, which is the great secret of ruling. Tell Menes that I shall carry out every wish of his, unless he asks me, for example, to abdicate. Return to me when thou hast rested, and I will keep an important place for thee. And he touched Pentuer's head, which was inclined submissively. End of chapter 67 Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah End of The Pharaoh and the Priest Translated by Jeremiah Curtin